You are listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. I tell you, a lot of us would have avoided a lot of religious trauma and harm if we would just read that. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. Amen. A eulogy is something we say about the dead at a funeral. It is said by people or peoples who were close or significant in the life of the now deceased. We have all heard a eulogy or two, either for a loved one or friend, or one televised for a significant person in our country or world. They even populate our pop culture. But there is something about there's something to be said about how pop culture does a eulogy. Eulogies in that sphere are satire. In some, everyone in the audience knows that the person who is dead is horrible, but the person giving the eulogy only has good things to say, and their waterworks are over the top, while those in attendance attempt to keep back their laughter. And in others, the one giving the eulogy takes the time to announce just how horrible the deceased was, and everything is done to assassinate their character. Satire aside, our normal cultural expectation is that no matter what, the dead are to be talked about with nothing less than positive language. That if we somehow upset the dead, then we will be certainly haunted and stricken down with lightning. I have heard all kinds of eulogies as a pastor, and I have taken the prerogative to give some rules to those who come to deliver a eulogy at a funeral I am presiding over. One, brevity is a virtue. Don't lull us to death in celebrating the life of the deceased. And number two, be honest and tell the truth. As a Lutheran for me, that means being willing to recount the sainthood and the sinner within each person, although it be complex. In our world, we are either judged as complete saint or complete sinner, And that is far from the truth for each and every one of us. No matter matter how bad we are, we are not deserving of character assassination in life nor death. And even if we are regarded as a saint by the larger world or community, we may commit grave harm to family and or spouse who did not receive their loved one in such a way. On this, all saints, we have the Gospel of the Beatitudes, The Sermon on the Plain is the cornerstone of Matthew's Gospel. Whenever we are lost in Matthew, or we want to say that Matthew is trying to do something else, Matthew always wants us to go back to the Sermon on the Plain, the Beatitudes. Go back to it and remember what it is all about. Julie and I were reading this Gospel together this week, both very tired, of course, and with coffee in hand. And of course, as we are just guessing around about why the meek inherit the earth, by the way, I figured it out, because the meek have nothing, and to own the land is something. That's why the meek inherit the earth. We spent, what, 20 minutes on that? Yes, 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 yes. 
I digress. And out of nowhere, Julie noted that there seems to be two different sections in the Beatitudes. Verses 3 through 6 and 10 and 11. Those things that are considered weakness in our culture, poor in spirit, mourning, meekness, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are persecuted, those who are reviled, persecuted, and called evil. And then there's verses 7 through 9. The merciful, the pure in heart are blessed. Julie and I thought about how these beatitudes include everyone and include all of our own beings. There are some times that we will find ourselves merciful or pure in heart, and when we do, we can be agents of them. And there are times when we will be poor in spirit, meek, or feel like our work is in vain, and God dares to call our supposed brokenness blessed and holy. And we are also met with God's gentle reminder that even when we are hurt, because God blesses us even when we cannot, even when we cannot make the choice to bless others. Even in our pain and brokenness, even though we naturally turn to hurting others, we can draw upon God's own blessing for us to extend mercy when we feel it not. When we have been hurt by our loved one who has passed, even we can embody the complexity of the Beatitudes, the gospel in our eulogies. For it is God in Christ whom holds our very own sinner and saint tension, so that our sinnerhood does not define us, nor does our sainthood overshine our need for God's grace, mercy, and reconciliation in our relationships. Jesus goes up to the mountain and proclaims the Beatitudes for the disciples and the crowds on the plain. This is Jesus' way of embodying just how significant this way of being is for us. That Jesus goes up to the mountain just as Moses does to communicate and enflesh what God desires for us. The Beatitudes is not just a list of blessings for some and not for others. Jesus offers a spectrum on which we can find ourselves throughout our short and long-lived lives among the up and downs, the joys and devastations. We are reminded that through it all, we are blessed nonetheless and blessed to be a blessing for all of this beautiful and broken world. So on this All Saints, it feels as if we are attending a funeral for our world, our society, and our own selves. We are here to grieve so much, so, so much. Broken hearts, broken dreams, broken bodies, broken souls, broken relationships. And we are also here to celebrate life. Life of little ones who run around with joy and reach for bread and juice like their very lives and bodies depend on it. Life that persists all death, our economy, cancer, mental health, addictions, social injustices and loneliness. Life in a phone call or message that keeps us alive for just another hour more. Life in a smile and hug that we have longed so long for. One space in which I hear the most grief is about the church, both as an institution and as our house for all sinners and saints. 
to our culture and researchers, they have been proclaiming the church's death for some time now. And now, we are no longer denying it or trying to convince ourselves that everything is a-okay. We are done denying the grief, done denying the death, even if doing so sucks the little life left out of us. With all the saints, in all honesty and truth, let us eulogize the church. O oh Lord God, we give, you the thank, we give you thanks for the gift of your church in our lives throughout the generations. The church has freed us to live as your beloved people, and we are strengthened by its gifts of mercy, grace, and love. You have been constant all throughout our lives and the lives of those who have gone before us. And for many, we have been betrayed by those entrusted with the responsibility of your grace, love, and mercy. You have nurtured our faith and helped us to embody the faith of our ancestors. You have been there even as we cursed you and ran away swearing we would never come back. Your stones have wept even when we couldn't because we lived in numb for all the brokenness of this world. You, O oh church, were our refuge. You, O oh church, were our strength. How can we go on if you are gone? How are we to live if you have died? We have done everything to keep you alive, but now our life support is in vain and we are breathless and dying. You told us you would always be there. You are made of stones and glass, things of this earth that are so fragile and so strong. You are a fortress. You are strong and mighty, but now you have left them squander your goodness. You have let them adorn you in banners that proclaim exclusion. We have adorned you with banners of illusory hope. You have changed beyond our understanding, and we wonder if we even know you anymore. You have disappointed us. You have grown too fast. You have grown too slowly. We have failed you, O oh church, and you have failed us. You have held us in our joy. You have held us in our mourning. You have sheltered us from the troubles of this world and you have kicked us out in the hope that we might be you for others in this world. Our songs and prayers have echoed, echoed in your rafters and expedited it to the heavens. You have amplified the voice of one, reaching God's ear as multitudes. You have proclaimed God's goodness even when our chords clashed, even when our candles have temporarily gone out. You have held both the living and the dead, bringing the two together despite our hesitation. You have held words of ancient and language anew. You have safeguarded the mundane of water, bread, and wine for God's glory. You have locked yourself away in high towers and propelled us to the margins. We gathered dozens when you used to house hundreds you have echoed the faith of the saints and the learnings of our past. You have heard the revelations of our hearts and the guilt of our own souls. Into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant, the church. Acknowledge, we humbly beseech you, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive the church into the arms of your mercy, into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of the saints in light.
we lay our hopes and dreams, our anger and joy, our should've, would've, could've, like flowers on your casket, so that we might begin to see life everlasting, so that we might behold the stones of the living, the stones that need repair and reconfiguration, the stones that need respite and release. Blessed are you, O church, the church who is no more and the church that now lives in abundant life. We commend our church to God once more in assurance of everlasting life through Jesus who is the Christ. For it is in the resurrection promise that we cling, the promise of life and grace beyond our wildest imaginations, the promise of fear and anger cast away, the promise of love unbounded. Blessed are you, O church, no longer in pain, nor suffering, no fear. Blessed are you, O people of God, for your resurrection is here. Blessed are you who mourn. Blessed are you who rejoice. Blessed are you, all your people, in all of your beauty, in putting to death what has died. May we live into the promise and assurance of the resurrection that God has yet to abandon us nor forsake us. Rise, O church, arise. Blessed are you who arise from the ruin and rumble. Blessed are you who redeems. Blessed are you who faults yet never fails. Blessed are you who extends mercy amid persecution. Blessed are you whose dreams are dashed but whose future is full of life. Blessed are you, O church with all of your works of righteousness and all of your shortcomings, we commend you to God in the assurance that you are to be blessed nonetheless. We commend ourselves to you, O God, in full truth and honesty, that we stand as justified sinners and glorified saints. May our eulogy honor the church in all truth and complexity. And may such honesty and truth free us to give account for ourselves with all the saints. May the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and by the blood of the eternal covenant, make us complete in everything good, so that we may do God's will, working in us which is well-pleasing in God's sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Christ is arisen, and the church and we shall arise. Give God the glory. Alleluia. You've been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org giving.